Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. And I'm Vicki, and I am so excited today because I have one of my sons and his newlywed wife to be with us to talk about safety in college is both of them are, are now a year out of college. And so everything is pretty fresh. All the things that they have learned and, and seen at school that they can give tips. So anyway, so this is Seth and Caroline Tillman. And you guys, would y'all say hi and just tell a little bit about your lives right now. Yep. Hi, mom. It's good to it's good to hear your voice over the over the computer. Yes. Uh, so yeah. we are uh, graduates of Mount Sophia Academy, our local homeschool umbrella school thing. Um, and then we also uh, graduated from the University of Delaware in 2019. Uh, since then, I've been working as a music teacher in a uh, local public school district. And Caroline can probably tell you what she's been doing. Yeah, so I had my first job out of college for about nine months. I worked in the retirement industry. And then right at the beginning of this glorious pandemic, I started a new job actually at the University of Delaware. I am a health professions advisor and I'm also an assistant for one of our academic pre-med programs. And so I got to come on board at the university for about a month in person and then now five months online. So that's been quite a experience. (laughs) Yeah, that is, it is kind of crazy. Like both of you guys start your official careers and then, and even Seth ended up teaching online with his public school students. So mm-hmm. strange time. Yep. And I'll be going back to doing that again when the, when the school year starts up. So got that to look forward to. So we, if, Hey, Hey, do you have any of your videos you made for the kids on YouTube? Uh, yeah. So for the last I guess eight or nine weeks of school, uh, I had to do, I'm a, I teach elementary music. So I had to record videos basically like a YouTube content creator. So I have, I've uploaded all those to YouTube. And while I was doing it, I made them um, private so only my students could see them. But now I've, I went ahead and made them public. Um, so yeah, maybe we can, like, I can share a link to those if anyone's interested in watching them. Yeah, we'll put links in the show notes. Okay. Anyway, so today we want to talk about a pertinent subject that a lot of homeschool graduates these days do go to college and, um, and they all need, whether they are kids from, you know, uh, a small town and they're going to go to a small college or a kid, you know, from any kind of town going to a state college, they need some safety training because our world is just kind of a strange place. And a lot of colleges are opening their campuses. So it is good to, um, to have some precautions and some training ahead of time. So Seth and Caroline have agreed to kind of give us some things that are good practical knowledge for kids going off to college. So do you guys want to just jump right in there? Yeah, sure. And well, now that I think about it, like a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about from our experience will be directly related to going to college. But even if you're not going to college, a lot of this will still apply, um, I I would say. Um, So I think it's important for anybody to to think about. 
yeah, I think anybody going out into the real world needs uh, needs safety training. So, okay, so where where would you start if you've got uh, you know recent uh, homeschool graduate and they're going you know out into the workforce or off to college? What are some tips that you would give them? So one of the general good practices that we came up with, I remember one thing that I was told quite frequently was, of course, the classic walk in a group. And that obviously is just not always going to happen. And if you can always walk in a group, you must be very popular because you have a lot of friends. And so um, one idea that we came up with that I personally did in college a lot and a lot of my friends did was that if you ended up really late at the library and there's nobody around for you to walk home with, I would highly suggest you call a friend and talk on the phone while you're walking around, even in the evening, but especially when it's dark at night, if you're by yourself, you could just give them a call. It can be a friend, it could be your parent, um, depending on how late it is. There were several after midnight calls that you might not want to call your mom. You might want to call a friend. <laughs> but I personally found that to be really helpful because then you can let somebody know where you're walking from and kind of narrate as you're walking along. And if there was anybody around, they know that you're on the phone talking to somebody. And I found that personally to be a comfort. I think that's such a good point is, you know, one of the unfortunate things is our world is not all full of good people. There are some bad people in the world. And especially around college campuses, predatory people will be looking for naive or inexperienced uh, young people and especially young women. So if you have a group to walk with, that's a good idea. But phoning a friend, I mean, that's what friends are for. So make some friends when you go to college so that you've got somebody to phone. Okay. All right. What other tips do you have? So something else that I am quite passionate about, because I have had some experience with this, is for as silly as it sounds, lock your dorm door and or your off-campus house. Because I have had countless experiences with particularly one roommate that I used to live with. She just hated to lock the door because she would lose her keys all the time and she just couldn't be bothered. And this particular time we were living off campus, which obviously is not regulated by the university. So that's another level of you're really on your own. Mm -hmm. And people, I know a lot of people didn't lock the dorm doors, didn't lock their house doors on campus. And I just think that's an absolute recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah. And so I would definitely suggest, especially if somebody that you're living with is not on board, don't just deal with it because you have laptops, you have personal property in that space. So definitely stand your ground and let them know that if it's their problem that they keep losing keys or if that's just not important to them, they just need to get over it. If someone is concerned about this, just put a key on a hair tie. That's what most girls, whether it be a fob for a dorm or an actual key, is most girls will put it on a hair tie so you don't have to carry it necessarily around in your backpack or have it be cumbersome for you. It can be right on your person at all times. And it's so, I mean, like, 
obviously sensible, but not everybody's obviously sensible. I mean, you spent money on those computers yeah. and you don't, or you don't want to walk into your room and have some stranger in yeah. your room. Yeah. So locking doors is just really a good idea. Other tips. Um, so I'm going to talk about um, ride sharing because that's things like Uber and Lyft are going to be cars that aren't things like a taxi. You need to ask the driver what your name is. If, so you don't want to give them your name. You don't want to say, are you here for Seth? Are you here for whatever your name is? You need to sit, you need to ask yeah. them who they're picking up. And if uh -huh. they know your name, that's good. You want to make sure that they look like the description um, from what you've seen. You want to make sure the car looks like what uh, it says on the app is going to look like. Caroline and I had an experience uh, when we went to visit our friend in Florida that uh, we were, we were uh, not safe. So here's an example of what not to do. <laughs> the, um, we got into an Uber from a person who claimed to be the wife of the person who was driving the, who should have been driving the Uber. So this is really, really dumb. And we're really glad that nothing came of this. It was a weird situation because the wife and the husband shared the same car. Um, yeah. To the, and they were both Uber drivers or Lyft drivers, whichever we were using. Um, so and we didn't know anything about this. Uh, we didn't we we didn't have any concept of like ride sharing safety back then. Um, so it, it was said, pretty new. Yeah, yeah. Ride sharing was pretty new mm -hmm. then. No, it was a very stressful car ride, and unfortunately for us, we were also on the time constraint of having to make it back to the airport during that ride. So we kind of had limited options at that point. So don't be like us. Yeah. So make sure if you are using a ride sharing service that you ask them your name and that all of the information that it says in the app is correct before you get in there. Yeah. Um, we also, we wouldn't, we wouldn't advise if it's possible that you use something like that by yourself. Um, I know people who've okay. done it, but I just don't think I would do it by myself personally. Yeah. So those are, that's what we'd say about that. A couple of more general tips um, just for good practices. When you're walking around, especially at night, don't walk around with um, both of your earbuds in. Keep one out so you can hear what's going on around you. And that's just like, especially like just even crossing the street and stuff, you want to make sure that you can hear what's going yeah. on. Uh, most, If you have a smartphone, most of them have the option to share your location with certain people. Um, we would yeah. advise sharing that with people like your roommates. Um, and, and close mm -hmm. friends that you trust um, so that they can check in on you um, and know where you are. Um, but you also want to make sure that you're not sharing your location with everybody. So you oh don't want to share it with <laughs> some random dude that you met in class. Yeah, it could be something used for safety, but it also could very easily be abused if you have a bunch of people that know your location all the time who you don't really know that well. Yeah, it's not the same thing as like when you're on snapchat or TikTok, and you just add a bunch of people that you don't even know like a find my friends or some other app for safety you make sure it's people you trust that yeah. you allow on that yeah it's not social right. media <laughs> one thing um one thing that caroline and i did throughout college was um is i would leave my phone on sound and she would leave her phone on sound when we go to bed so if one of us needed a ride home from like if it was one of us was having car troubles or something so we'd be able to go and pick them up um so leave your phone on sound um and that's a good policy yeah. to have i think um among your roommates too yeah i've definitely seen experiences where 
someone has walked out of their house. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. really late and they don't have a key and who they're calling their roommates and their roommates have their phones not on sound. And so then you're kind of out of luck and you have to find somewhere else to sleep. Uh, oh, my goodness. What a terrible thing in the middle of the night, in the dark and all. Yeah. Goodness. So it's definitely obviously good practice to not lose your key and get locked down. <laughs> but if it was to happen, it would be nice to know that I could call my roommate. And even though they might be angry if I woke them up, I know that they would come get me if I was actually feeling unsafe. So be, be a friend. Leave your sound on at night. Yes. Yeah. Any other tips? I'll talk about this one. Is that I would say when you're going on your college tours, I would ask whoever your guide is about what kind of campus safety measures they have. I know at the university, they have these big lights that have these emergency buttons on them. And I think the fear behind them is if you are ever getting chased by somebody, they're strategically placed so that you can run down these specific sections and then you push them as you go down oh, um, uh-huh. so that the security can track where you're going. Uh-huh. I always knew generally where they were back to where I frequented because there was one by my old job and I knew sort of where they were along my path. And so that's just something mm-hmm. good to have in the back of your brain in case something ever felt weird you could always know, oh, exactly, if I if I need to run this way, which hopefully you wouldn't, but if you needed to run this way, you know that there's going to be something that you can so, alert. Okay, other, other tips? The other one that I wanted to talk about was that in general, whether you're going to somebody's house or you're going to a sporting event, if you're going to a party, et cetera, something I would highly suggest is when you're selecting the people that you're going to go with, especially I know it's hard when you're going into college, you don't necessarily know a lot of people, but just make sure that there's at least one or two people that you're going with that you trust to know that if you were uncomfortable or you needed to just to leave because you wanted to, that they would actually leave with you. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of experiences where I've seen these groups of people going to a party and then somebody wants to leave, but everyone else is having a great time and they want to do what they want to do, so then the poor person is left to leave by themselves and that's not a safe situation. Yeah, it's it's good to have good friends. You know, making friends at college is for many reasons and, and uh, safety is one. So, okay, that's a good tip. So next. So, okay. So we want to transition into some topics that you, you as a parent might feel uncomfortable talking about with your adult, adult child that is going off to college now. Um, I think it's important that our homeschool parents remember that your, your children are not children anymore. They are going to be adults, even though they are, they are just teenagers still, they're going to be in situations where being as naive as a child is not going to make them safer. It's just going to make them actually, it's going to be worse for them. So we're not advocating for anything either way. We're not advocating for staying in your dorm and never going to do anything um, throughout college. And we're not also saying that you need to go out and party. Um, Just that either whatever, whatever you're doing, we want to make sure that 
that people are being safe. So, yes. so yes. when talking about when you when you start college, you will probably end up taking um, some kind of online module course. Uh, UD we did something called Alcohol Edu uh, that that gave you um, a cheesy presentation on how to drink safely and stuff like that. Um, so when <laughs> okay. you when you take that, you know you take take the information as as a. Uh, as best you, you can. As best you can. Um, and um, so just some just some tips for when you're encountering alcohol, whether or not you're taking part, if you see other people doing this, um, just, just want to keep you safe and help you keep the people around you safe as well. Um, so if you see someone who is heavily intoxicated, you don't want to leave them alone. Maybe Caroline can speak to this bullet point that we have here. Yeah, so just... In the experiences that I had in college, for the most part, if you're walking around at night and it's a weekend, you're going to see a lot of people who are drinking. And it's just a responsible thing to obviously be aware of your surroundings. But unfortunately, every once in a while, you know, you'll see somebody who is very intoxicated and their friends have left them behind and they're all by themselves. And things can get very fast and you need to be, you know, you shouldn't necessarily have to step up and do this, but I think it's a good thing to do to help when you can. And so if you really see someone who's struggling, you should see if you can get them back to their dorm. And of course, be careful because you don't want to put your own self in a bad situation. But try to do your best to see if you can get them back to their dorm and then see if they have a roommate or somebody who can kind of keep an eye on them and watch over them. And then you go back home. But there's sort of an understood rule, especially, you know, freshman year, everyone's kind of new, is that you just need to look out for each other because it's a bunch of people on this campus and everybody's going at a million miles an hour so people are gonna fall behind and i just think it's a nice thing to do to kind of just keep an eye and make sure that if somebody really isn't looking too great that you do your best to get them to, into a situation where a roommate or somebody can look out for them and of course listen to your gut so if yeah. you're not sure of whether this person is safe then you call 911 because it's always better to be safe in these situations or if someone has blacked out and you're not sure whether they're blacked out safe or blacked mm -hmm. out in trouble call 911 cuz it's better to have everybody mad at you than to know that somebody overdosed or you know had an alcohol poisoning incident so okay that's my that's the um, jump in part no, yeah, yeah, we agree. We uh, and another thing to remember with that is that um, if you are going to report something like that, there are policies and laws that even if there is like something like underage drinking going on, um, that you are not going to be in trouble for that um, for reporting that because yes. yes, you're you're keeping people safe. Yeah, it's usually yes, called the absolutely. medical amnesty policy, and just in case any parents out there don't know. It's that if someone is seeking out assistance due to any kind of immediate risk from drugs or alcohol, 
um, and they're seeking out assistance, then they're protected from being charged. And then also someone who may be assisting them won't be charged if they also were partaking in any of those activities. So it's just a policy there to keep people safe and keep things such as alcohol poisoning from having detrimental effects. And kind of a sub point that we were going to talk about earlier was that also understanding what alcohol poisoning looks like. And so just something that I pulled from the Mayo Clinic was some of the symptoms are confusion, vomiting, seizures, slow breathing, irregular breathing, pale skin, passing out, and you can't wake them back up, and low body temperature. And it is kind of hard sometimes to tell when people are too far. There's definitely, you know, it's pretty common for people to heavily drink and then they're vomiting or, you know, they just kind of pass out and go to sleep. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. definitely err, just like you said, on the side of safety um, and call 911 if you think that anything is wrong. But I do understand that it's sometimes really hard to tell, but always be safe about everything. I think that's awesome. Any others related to the the drinking or partying kind of situations that, you know, this is reality. Is So we're not trying to scare any moms or teens, but in a large college, in a state college, and even on some Christian campuses or the, the, the places off the campuses, um, you know, this is part of the, the scene. So we need to not be in denial because denial is not safe. So... Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like, that's one of the disclaimer that we actually wanted to make is that like our experiences are from a public college, but these kind of things are happening at any college and at a small private college, uh, it's just happening in secret. So you might actually end up there with people even less likely to reach out for help if they if they feel like they need it um, because they're scared about repercussions. So so make sure to remember the medical amnesty uh, policies um, yeah. if, if anything like that is going yeah. on. Yeah, and all this stuff is obviously said not to scare anybody, but <laughs> it's just yeah. reality and you need to know what you're walking into and that's the way you can protect yourself and protect others around you. Very good. Any other things on um, that, that drinking or partying kind of things? One of them is the classic monetary drink. If you are choosing to drink, um, that applies to parties along with even just going to a late dinner because you really truly never know. And I've heard of certain situations where some friends have gone out to you know a local bar that a lot of people go to and are aware of and something happens and one of them gets really really sick and she's only had you know one drink and that's at a a public bar a restaurant even yeah and so i think you know everyone always thinks frat party monitor drink which obviously do if that's where you're choosing to go But it can be applied elsewhere as well, which, unfortunately, it's sad that you have to be aware of things like that. But I've heard it happen to people that I know, and you just really can never be too careful. Yeah, I uh, just jump in there as a counselor. So I 
have an office that is very near the university's campus. And so I have a fair number of college students who are clients. And it is not an unheard of thing where we have to have trauma sessions where young women have experienced being roofied. And that's, you know, somebody slips something into whatever they're drinking and they, they get very ill or they black out, you know, just lose, lose time. So they're still walking, but they don't know where they are. They don't know what they're doing. And, um, and so it's a very dangerous situation. So if you are in a place, it is always good to have a lid on where you're drinking. If you're in a, in a local hangout or in a, a group party situation and you don't know everybody there, uh, just like, like Caroline said, monitor your drink, keep a lid on it if you can. And if like you have to go to the bathroom or something, like tell your friend, watch my drink for me or whatever. Yeah. And I would also say that if you are starting to feel ill, usually there will be bouncers or someone around. You can tell them and they will most definitely keep you safe. If you continue to decline, they're going to obviously call 911. But it's the restaurant or bar's responsibility at that point because they know. So I would definitely highly encourage to say something if you're starting to feel weird. Yeah, very good. Okay, so what else have you got? We also have, so this is this disclaimer. If you are drinking age or if you are going to choose to drink, something that I think is really important or both of us think is really important is that you really do need to understand alcohol and understand what it does so that you can yourself understand what's happening to you and then also see it in others. When I came into college, I really didn't know anything about alcohol because my parents don't drink. I didn't drink in high school or anything, so I really didn't understand it. And my conception of it was, you know, oh, you have one drink of any type, and then you're super drunk. And that's not true, and it's important to understand the different percentages and different types of alcohol just so that you yourself are educated on it and you can understand if you're seeing somebody who's really, really drunk and maybe a danger to themselves or others. I mean, it is covered a little bit in something like the alcohol EDU. For example, something that's super popular on college campuses is like spiked seltzers, whether that be White Claw or Bud Light seltzer, etc. Those particular cans are only 4.5% alcohol. So you'll see some people... What? Sorry, I'm just thinking about... (laughs) Uh, Anytime, anytime, I I edit the podcast, so anytime a brand name gets mentioned on here, mom always says that word that you're not affiliates. And I'm thinking about the the idea of (laughs) you being affiliates of White Claw or... Definitely not affiliated. Sorry. I just know I'm from editing many of our podcasts, yes. <laughs> not affiliated. But <laughs> just understanding that, you know, someone having spike seltzers 4.5% versus if someone's taking a shot of rum, that could be a 40%. And so... Yes. You know, someone drinking a shot after shot after shot 
is going to look different than someone who's having two to three seltzers. And so I think that that is just educational and understanding what other people are putting into their bodies and also for you to understand if you're going to choose to drink or you're putting it into your body so you're not surprised if you take one shot and you expect to be at the level of one seltzer. Like, that's just not how it works. Yeah, naivete can work against you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's that's our, our goal here is to help people to not get into situations yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So what, what else have you got? Okay, so two general things that I think that, that you can do to keep in mind, um, things that you can do to be helpful to the people around you are, um, are offering rides to people if you have a car. That is something that I had to do a lot because there would be, um, in my major education, um, we would have to make student groups and go drive out to schools or do other things like that. Um, so if I was driving, I would make sure to always offer um, to give people rides home uh, after events, things like that. Um, but something that I had to keep in mind was that people aren't always going to be comfortable with you giving them a ride home because maybe they don't know you that well. So you don't want to, you, you, it's, I think it's a nice thing to offer, but you also don't want to be judgmental or offended if they aren't comfortable with you taking them home. Um, and that's something that I had to keep in mind. Yeah. I think that's being respectful of everybody's place because some people would be very uncomfortable. Like, Hey, I've only known you for this one class. I'm not sure. I want, you know, this very tall guy to give me a ride home. So, yeah. yeah. yeah to, so to be uh, understanding of everybody's different feelings of comfort or anxiety. Mm-hmm. And what else? Something else that your student could do is if you know that a friend is going out or is staying out pretty late, it's very common to open your dorm or your off-campus house for your friend, a specified friend, someone you know, to come stay and crash on your couch if they need to. Um, Often people won't take you up on it, but I think it's just a nice thing, just letting them know that if they want a place to stay, that they can come and crash at your place. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point is just looking out for your friends. And you know, generally after a little while, who are safe people to offer that too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's probably not something you want to offer like day one of yeah, college. <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. Any other tips you guys have discovered over your years of college? So our last uh, section here is going to be another uh probably uncomfortable topic that you're you as a parent you're not going to want to talk about with your homeschooler um, but it's going to be something that they encounter uh, in college um, at any college Um, so keeping in mind that your children are not uh, they're not children anymore and then then being naive about the situations that they are going to either encounter or see happening around them um, you want to make sure that they are being safe for themselves and um, and keeping able to keep other people safe um, so this brings us into the topic of uh, knowing what harassment and consent looks like around you um, in order to protect yourself and other people. Yeah, um, needs to be talked about. A point that we wanted to make was if you see someone that looks like they're in an uncomfortable position, you know, the physical cues, you can sometimes see if somebody is feeling uncomfortable in my opinion, as long as it looks like you would not be putting yourself in harm's way, 
I have often gone up to girls and just been like, hey, you okay? You know, just giving them a line in case they want to get out of a situation. Yeah. And that's, that's, if it doesn't feel safe to you, there's always called 911. But if you make eye contact with someone that you're not sure they're all right, that it may be an unsafe situation, and you speak directly to that person, sometimes that will break the the threat from whoever that is mm-hmm. threatening them. So that's that's a very brave and uh, and and very good thing to do as long as you feel safe. Like people, most of the time, their gut will say this is safe or this is not safe. And if it's not safe, you call nine one one. You don't just walk away and do nothing. Like it's always better to err on the side of keeping people safe. Yeah, I think so. So some things that like one point that we wanted to make just sort of in general um, is if you see, if you're in an uncomfortable situation yourself, or if you see somebody that looks like they're in an uncomfortable situation, uh, I think this is an okay place to lie. I think that telling a lie in a situation like this is okay. So even if you are not going to go meet your friends somewhere, you can say, I'm meeting my friends here, or you can give out a fake phone number. Um, this are, uh, these are tips that I have not had to use myself, um, because of the way that culture works. Um, but these are things that I've heard, uh, ways that, that girls have kept themselves safe. Yeah. And unfortunately, obviously it should not be the person's responsibility to quote unquote, fend off anyone. It should be the responsibility of the person that is making them uncomfortable to realize that this situation is uncomfortable and redirect themselves elsewhere. But unfortunately, that's not the reality for a lot of the situations. And I think especially coming from a homeschool environment where you're taught very strongly, you know, you don't lie, you're honest, it is a little hard sometimes and it can catch you off guard mm-hmm. for when it's an opportune time to utilize life. And telling somebody, oh, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm meeting my friends over here. You know, it's 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 sad that it has to be that way, but it can be a really good mechanism for getting into a safe yeah, situation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know one of the things that I was able to provide for at least my daughter, I probably, Seth, not you, but to do a, a few self-defense classes. So we were able to, at that time, have a group that came to where Joanna was and taught some personal defense if you're ever in a tight situation. And uh, so she learned how to poke people's eyes and rip their ears off and kick them in uncomfortable places. And, and um, you know, it, she probably has never needed to have that, but it is good to, yeah, it's good to know especially in our crazy world. So yeah, one thing that people need to be willing to do is to talk to your male um, children about ways to be respectful and and what being respectful yeah. looks like and not just assume that they're going because I, I don't think that I don't think a lot of people are probably trying to go out and say, I'm gonna go harass people. I'm gonna yeah. go be a bad person. Um, I don't think that's a lot yeah. of people's goal, um, but they have not been, we, we focus so much on telling girls how to be safe and not guys how to uh, be respectful that uh, we end up 
with the with that being the the dominant yeah. culture. Yeah, it, it's and that, that you know, no means no, and you know, you you put the value of the person you're talking to over anything going on in your own head or body. So, yeah, that's a really good point. So, just plain old good manners should <laughs> be good. So, very good. So, okay, any other advice, you guys? What What are some of the things? Just to to shift a little bit, what are some of the things that you guys found rewarding in college? Because we don't want moms to think, oh, this is every day is going to be a danger. You know, the world has got plenty of bad people, but there were good things that happened. So tell us a couple of things that were pretty cool that you were glad happened at college. Yeah, well, so like one, like like uh, people aren't <laughs> people aren't going out into into uh, parties, and they're these like awful like <laughs> like dens of, of of wretched behavior and stuff. Like people people are going out because they want to be with people yeah. and have fun and make good yeah. experiences. Unfortunately, they just can sometimes lead to things like this. So yeah, so that, I think I believe we preface this all with we're not advocating yes. staying in your dorm twenty four seven um just keeping these things in mind yeah one thing like like when i would like go out to eat with um fellow students who you only get to see in class it helps you bond with them and you can see like oh like get to know what these people are like outside of the classroom and then it makes actually going to class with these people more fun so that's something that like that like going out with my friends uh with the with the people who became my friends through through school was a really good and rewarding thing it was not it did not have to be a scary and awful thing to go out and eat yeah. with your with your friends <laughs> even if that goes out even if that goes late but, yeah you know. like most college experiences are safe and good and build relationships and networks and learning and all how about you caroline other things that were rewarding at at college yeah so I would say something that I found rewarding was I really like making friends. I like meeting new people, and I kind of had my specific way of turning people who I meet with in class into a little bit closer of a friend. By I would invite them if we had a test to study for. I would invite them to go to the library with me, and we would help each other study. And I definitely made a lot closer friends to then have classes with. And it's always especially good if they're in your major, because then you can sign up for similar classes. You know you're going to have someone there that you like that you can sit next to. And I really enjoyed yeah. that because we did have such a small high school. And so we got to know everyone really well. And so it was so exciting when I got to go to a really big college and I had a bunch of more people to say hello to and learn about their lives. And it was kind of cool because getting to learn about them in the classroom, I got to see their work ethic on their homework and if you know they actually prepared mm -hmm. for class. So I would kind of distinguish through class if I liked them. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then that's when I would invite them to study with me. And it was helpful for me because I got to, you know, ask my questions to somebody else who was also in class. But then I got to know them even deeper because we would obviously not study that entire time. We would talk and I would get to learn more about them. Yeah, that. that study groups are a double win because you've got the chance to learn together, which really helps. And, uh, and you are 
building better ties that way too. Tell everybody just a couple of the the kind of organizations or groups that you guys enjoyed being part of while you were in college. So as a music education major, something required of me was that I was uh, in a choir. Um, so I would do stuff. I would do choir events outside of school. Um, another thing that I did was I ended up joining a music fraternity specifically. Um, fraternities get a bad name for good reason uh, a lot of times, but this, this organization I could see was not going to be um, like someone's typical conception of what that was since we were all just music nerds. Um, so that was that was something fun that I got to, to be a part of. Um, so I would advocate for joining a, joining a club or something, uh, finding something that looks like it is going to be interesting to you and then give you some fun opportunities, especially if you're feeling uncomfortable about trying to make new friends. That'll be a good way for you to, to do that is finding clubs because there are all kinds of clubs for any type of thing that you're interested in, be that video games or going on hikes or things like that. So, so emphasize that to kids when they're headed off to college. It just go try out several clubs, whether you think you want to or not, it will be worth it. Caroline, how about what are some of the things that you were part of? One thing that was most impactful for me was my on-campus job. I started at the Creamery on campus halfway through my first year mm-hmm. of college and I stayed there until I graduated and it was honestly that's probably where I made the most of my friends was through that job because it was completely student run. One of the friends in particular ended up becoming one of my best friends and now kind of a part of my my group and it was so nice to have a job that was enjoyable and that I was around peers who understood what I was going through and it taught valuable skills of obviously you know working alongside others and the basic job experience that you have but it was also just a lot more rewarding because I was able to say oh hey I see you're working at the same time as me I know you live on the other side of campus do you want me to pick you up? Yeah. And then I was able to kind of build those relationships that way because they knew that, you know, oh, Caroline, she's a nice person. She's willing to drive me. Maybe, you know, she would be a good friend to have. That, that, that's so awesome. Yeah, working alongside people, especially in a good atmosphere where you have a chance to enjoy what you're doing together is such a good bonding experience and it kind of makes your world a bigger place. So. That's awesome. Okay, any other final things you guys would like to wrap up with? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think we've I think we've probably talked for for too long. Um, so maybe maybe we should let you go. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate it because no one can give advice to future college students and young people going out in the world like someone who's just been there. And uh, it's way more valuable to come from a young person than an old lady like me. So thank you guys for spending a, a afternoon here with me and for putting up with the technology and all that. So I'll just wrap it up then. This has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Please hop over to iTunes and leave us some stars and a review and help other people find us better. And we will be back next week. 